Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. Real. True. Stories. May the narrative be with you. Nobody's really sure when they go from childhood to adulthood, or at least young adulthood. But for me, I sort of have this uh, line uh, dividing the two parts of my life. Because you see, I never really knew my biological father. He was never a part of my life for as far back as I can remember. But I always imagined that one day I would get to meet him somehow, and I wouldn't forgive him for not being there because I, I, I wasn't angry. He was never a part of my life. He never just left at any point I can remember, so I, I was never angry at him. But I remember once I was watching an episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air uh, with my stepdad, who I just called dad, because he's been in my life for as far back as I can remember. And in the episode, Will Smith's character, uh, he meets his long-lost father. And they start planning on a road trip together, but right at the last minute, his father ducks out. And when the episode is over, I looked at my dad and I noticed that he was crying. And I asked him why he was crying and he said, because that's kind of like what happened to you. Uh, many years ago, well, some years ago, I, I walked into a living room and my mom stopped me and she said, hey, you know your biological father? And I said, yes. And she said that he had died. Uh, in fact, he had been dead for three years by that point. And so last year, my mom was planning a trip uh, for three days. And she was going to Tucson, Arizona, which is my hometown. That's where I grew up. And she was going to the Day of the Dead parade. And I ended up finding out that she was actually going to meet my dad's sister. Yeah, she was going to be there. And I didn't even know my dad had a sister. I didn't know I had an aunt on that side. This was something I never even thought about. And she invites me. My mom invites me to go. And I, I had a class. One of the days was going to be over a class of mine. It was going to be an important class. So I was kind of playing hard to get like, oh, I, I, you know, I want to go, but it's only three days and I, I can't go. But right at the last minute, I realized, wait, no, I actually have to go to this. I'm just going to have to miss the class. So I decided to go, and we take a plane down, and we're staying at my grandparents' home. And for the parade, we're working on the Day of the Dead Mass. And I don't tell anyone this, but as I'm painting the mask, I'm thinking about my dad. And it's not necessarily that it was in tribute to him, but in some sense, I was kind of imagining that I was capturing his essence, or at least what was left of him in me, kind of what he represented to me, uh, into the mask. And I was secretly in my head calling it my, uh, well, the dad mask. And so we go to the parade, and we're, me and my mother were waiting outside for my aunt to come and find us because 
The Day of the Dead parade in Tucson is a huge event. You can't park anywhere in downtown area. You, you have to like take a bus or park very far away and walk. So we're waiting and I'm wearing my mask. I put my mask on and my mom asked me, why are you wearing the mask? Uh, your aunt's gonna be here any second now. And I said, because we're at the Day of the Dead parade. <laughs> but uh, really, I can't say that was why I was wearing the mask. I just, I wanted that to be the first thing that my aunt saw so I could see her, but I would be wearing the mask. And so she meets up, she's walking over, and as she gets close, I do take the mask off. And she's very friendly, and so she hugs me, and we join the parade. If there were floats in this parade, uh, I never saw them because we were in, at the way back of it by this point. And as we're walking along, we're going towards uh, the main event, which I'm told is going to be in this huge park, and there's going to be a stage, and it's going to be a big show. So we're walking towards that, and I'm wearing my mask. And I asked my aunt, uh, because I really care about music, I ask her it, what my father listened to. And she said, oh, he listened to all kinds of music. And then she asked me well, what I listened to. And I was like, oh, I listen to all kinds of music too. You know, I, I actually, uh, I've been listening a lot to Frank Zappa. And she was like, oh, your father loved Frank Zappa. I was like, huh. And so walking a little further and I ask, you know, uh, did he ever talk about me? And she says, oh yes, uh, he thought you were a beautiful child. He was so proud of you. He has a drawing of yours and he was really proud of it. And I didn't know this, that he knew anything about me. Uh, I didn't know he was in correspondence with my mother at all. So I ask, uh, did he, ever want to meet me? And my aunt said, yes, he did, but because of his addiction, he didn't want to bring that into my life. And that, that was kind of nice to hear that he really loved me, but I was a bit angry because I didn't know that he was having correspondence with my mother, and so I was wondering, why didn't she plan something for me to meet him at some point? And then I was also thinking, if he was in correspondence with her, why did it take her three years to find out that he was dead? So we get to the main stage, and I'm a, we're a bit distance out because there's just a whole bunch of people there and there's just this really loud dance music going on. It's, it's a little bit obnoxious. Uh, and on the stage, there are these uh, people in costumes, these uh, dead mice, and they're jumping around like animals and shooting fire everywhere, uh, even from way out in the back. Like, I could feel the heat. It was, it was pretty hot. And uh, on the stage, uh, there are these um, women uh, twirling around like this, kind of moving. And uh, 
on these screens up above, they were showing the uh, pictures of people who I assume had died. And eventually the music stops and everyone goes off stage and this woman walks on and she's wearing white face paint and like a silver outfit and a silver hat. And there's this huge crane uh, behind the stage holding up this giant ball. And in the ball are a bunch of uh, white slips of paper. And I turn to my aunt and I ask, well, what's, uh, you know, what's in the ball? And she says, it's a bunch of pieces of paper with names written on them. And the ball is lowered down to where the woman is and she has a torch in her hand, and she puts it into the ball and raises it up above our heads where it burns away. And she walks up to the microphone, and she starts to tell this long, uh, kind of poetic uh, speech uh, where she's going like, live, live, you've got to live your life, life, the singing bone and the open hands You've got to live, live. And when she says life, my aunt says life. And the speech goes on for quite a while. It, it goes on for like 10 minutes. It's, it's quite a long one. And when it's over, all the lights go back on. And she starts thanking all the volunteers and the fire department for their time. <laughs> and uh, everyone starts dispersing. And as we're leaving, she stops me, and she says that she wants to give me something. And uh, she has, like, all this jewelry on her fingers, like a bunch of rings. She has a bunch of necklaces. And the biggest ring on her finger, she pulls it off, and she says that when my dad died, she went to a hospital, and she asked for them to uh, deliver all of his belongings that I brought him with him. And apparently it wasn't much but one of the belongings was uh, that ring, which had been his. And she tells me that she wants to give it to me. And I was really humbled by this. And at the same time, I really wanted to feel like I deserved this. That, you know, like in some way this meant something. And it did mean something to me. But I just, I never knew him. But it did mean something to me. And she gave it to me, and I put it on, and we hugged, and then um, I leave with my mother. And when I found out that my dad had died, it was like I went from being a kid who uh, was like a part of a, a, you know, like a story. It was like you're living a story, and you're promised these certain things, these certain people you're going to meet, these certain like everything you want to do, you're going to be able to do it. It's like, it's like a story. And when I found out he died, I realized that I wasn't actually promised anything. And I went from this childhood innocence to realizing that I was a real person in the world, and I've just got to live my life. <laughs>